This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everybody and welcome back to Peak Too Early. I'm Steve Gendron. I'm super excited to have another episode out for you guys. Mike, how you doing down in Connecticut today? I'm doing good. It's taper season, my favorite time of the year. We're starting to scale back the miles. I'm going from like five miles a day down to three miles a day, maybe take an extra one or two days off in the week. Loving it. Um, and I'm mostly feeling great because I'm just starting to feel better from the bachelor party like two weeks ago i'm getting a little too old uh yeah it's, it's taking me a while to recover from stuff like that so i'm starting to feel good i'm getting ready to go but uh yeah things things are going great down here yeah i'm, I'm definitely starting to feel a little too old i feel like after i go on a bachelor party or some type of crazy weekend like that i feel like uh you know uh, uh adam sandler and big daddy where it's like <laughs> i'm in my 30s now i have a chocolate milkshake and my ass jiggles for two weeks <laughs> And as always, we have Trent. Trent, you are not at the House of Saps tonight. Where are you at, buddy? No, I am not, boys. I am in the home of Miller Lite Country, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The brewery is right outside my window. You can smell corn syrup in the air. It's fantasy world. (laughs) I could not be better. Um, Shout out to, to Milwaukee. I love it here. So you got you just got the freshest freshest Miller Lights of, of all time out there. You just you just walk outside and you just you just feel like you're ten years younger. Um, all the aches and pains go away. The the beer is ice cold. It's delicious. It's it's just wonderful, guys. You guys should come out here. We need a peak too early like podcast party out in I, Milwaukee. I think so, Trent. Were you uh were you the one who gave them the idea while you were down there for their shop back at Bud Light? Uh, I cannot take credit for that. They did run it by me, though, as one of their official marketing partners. So <laughs> they, they saw me. They said, hey, peak too early. We got this going on. What do you think about this? Here's a bunch of free Miller Lite we're going to send you guys. So I approved wow. it, though. I liked it. By the way, genius commercial. Yeah, I love it. Excellent commercial. It for, was- the, for listeners that didn't see it, it's, a, it's like a medieval battlefield. And then the camera pans away. And it's like this uh, uh, TV set. And all the actors walk off the TV set. They walk right by the Bud Light, right to the case of Miller, sit down at the end of a hard day's work, crack open a Miller Light. Because uh, I almost forgot to say at the top of the show, this is a this is a Miller Light podcast. Peak Too Early is brought to you by Miller Light. Great taste, less filling, and what an excellent ep- uh, what an excellent commercial that was. Yeah, and the thing I liked most about it was a lot of companies because this happened at the Super Bowl. This attack on Miller Light. And uh, a lot of companies would panic and just try and throw something together really fast. Miller Lite was patient. They took their time. They let it sink in. And then they came out with a very calculated attack back, and I loved it. I was a big, big fan. When you're in the real world, have a real beer, Miller Lite. I know this is BS. That's right. That's right. Listen to this right here. Listen to this. Oh, that's, that's the sound of a cold Miller Lite right that's there. That's a beautiful sound. Well, hey, I am... Um... So I, my training hasn't been all that great lately. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out like what shortcuts I can take because we're a little over a week away until marathon day. So what I've started doing, I got my Miller light right here, taking a sip. And, uh, what I've started doing is I've made, this is a, this is going to be the official peak too early, uh, cocktail. So we got our Miller light right here. And then I got my little package here. This is bad radio, but I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh baby, is that what I think? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, you got the big, powder. Oh yeah, Ooh, nice deep. big scoop. Put it right in the Miller Lite there. Stir it up, and you got you got the you got the peak too early cocktail right there. Dude, the, That's the powder, bro. The that is performance enhancing. That is the definition of performance enhancing right there. Doing everything I can, guys, because my miles aren't there, but, you know, I'm going to be tingling. That's for Steve, sure. Steve, those, the powder gets the tingling going like twice as fast. The powder <laughs> is legit. Right into the bloodstream? Oh, right into the bloodstream. It's fantastic. Steve, <laughs> have, you, have you been having the beta alanine this week, or is this the first time? 
Uh, this is this is my first time. This is the main oh, point. <laughs> this is gonna be unreal. Am I not gonna go to sleep tonight? No, you'll be fine. But I'd say thirty minutes from now, you're gonna get the pins and needles. Although I will say, Trent, I've heard, you know, it, it's not my line of work. But I've heard when people smoke weed for the first time, they don't get high the first time. I think that's how beta alanine actually works. I don't know if the first time. I remember not feeling it the first time, but then the more you take it, the more you start to get tingly. I only remember the euphoria from it. So if there was any <laughs> poor experiences on beta because it didn't hit me, I blocked that out of my mind. I've also never mixed it with Miller Lite. I feel like a complete <laughs> idiot for never having tried yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we screwed up. Yeah. You screwed know how the, uh, Sam Adams is doing that like uh, 26.2 brew with, uh, yeah. with uh, electrolytes? Miller Lite <laughs> should just put do a, like a, a marathoners <laughs> version with beta alanine. Yeah, I love it. I, I will say, though, right now, my lips are stinging, and I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's probably not great, but <laughs> so this is the official drink of P2E right here. Yeah, yes, yes. So uh, cheers. Cheers. All Enjoy right. it. Enjoy cheers a nice cold more light with a nice heaping scoop of beta alanine in it. All right, Steve, what do you think? Let's make a uh, very, very brief trip through the Red Sox right now because I don't want to talk about it very long. No, no. I do we'll not want to talk about it very so long. I was, actually, I was actually in Seattle for a work trip. This uh, this past week, and I got to to see the Red Sox opening homestand. And uh, boys, not looking for the guys with the red stockings. I'll tell you that much. The bats were the bats were were great, but the the highlight of our team is supposed to be pitching, and um, we couldn't get a pitch over the plate without without somebody hitting a home run. I'm I'm kind of scared. Steve, you went to every game, right? Uh, I went to the first three, so I I had I had to come home on Sunday. <sighs> That's a that's a lot of of really bad baseball you had to watch there. You know, there's such a you give him such a, a forgiveness for the bad start, right? We got a little hangover, World Series hangover. You love to see, you know, the ring ceremony, everything like that. So I'm just trying to ignore it, um, basically. I don't know if there's a better way of handling it, but that's how I handle most of my problems. I just ignore it till it goes away, uh, and then I'll revisit it when they're good. You know, just kidding. I'll revisit in like a week or two. Well, Trent, you probably didn't see because you're at some work thing tonight. But uh, your boy JBJ had a pretty bad uh, mental error tonight. Just literally watched a fly ball drop right in front of him, so it wasn't great. But um, they my saw only, him, but they just didn't know. Yeah, they, he literally just didn't know. Uh, my only take on the Red Sox right now is uh, I can't confirm the second win, but. There has been two wins in what, like, eight or nine games so far. Yep. For at least one of them, Joe Castiglione dropped a "Can you believe oh, it?" No. at the end of the game. So oh, at the no. at bare minimum, we are one for two on wins. But and wait I'll, a second, was it was it the Mitch Moreland home run was. the ninth? It was. Okay. So that deserves an yep. that deserves yep. a "Can you believe it?" Yeah, but still, it supported my theory that every single win, he's probably going to say, can you believe it? What's what's the over-under on the year? Like, how many can you believe it's this year? How many games do you think they'll win this year? <laughs> I think we're looking, we got to be looking at, like, we got to be looking, like, at an over-under of, like, 87. No. <laughs> well, because he might drop, he might say drop multiple a game. That's yeah, the Alanine talking right there. That is you just super hyped up. Well, over is going to be about 15. No, oh, oh, that's the easiest money in the world, Trent. One every, one every five wins. Trent, he is he uh, is so <laughs> addicted to it. And, and the more he gets into his addiction, the more it's going to come out. He, I, we might hit 15 in one game. Yeah. And you're forgetting, Trent, that the Red Sox won 117 games, regular season games last year. They did not win 117. I think, I think, it, was 100, I think it was 108, but close enough. Yeah, oh, I mean, with the postseason, I well, through that's the season, true. 117 wins with the postseason. That's a good. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, there's there's a lot of opportunity for. Can you believe it? And if he's dropping it in spring training, then he's gonna be he's gonna be dropping it all over the place during the regular season. And Trent, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. What the hell? Yeah, I got <laughs> a bone to pick with you. Um, because on our on our pilot podcast we talked we brought up the can you believe it so if you don't know what we're talking about you can go back to the pilot and listen to it and uh and understand what we're talking about but during that podcast you were talking about how you were so excited for baseball season and that's why you know it was like you know listening to that on the radio just got you amped up and, and ready for baseball season we didn't even make it to opening day before you were sick of baseball season <laughs> because we were sitting there 
at, at uh, Nate's bachelor party and there was a baseball clip on TV. I turned to you and I said, man, I can't wait for baseball season to start. And you just looked at me with the most disgusting look. Nobody since Josh Cox talking about my marathon plan looked at me more disgusting <laughs> than you when I said, I'm so excited for, for baseball season. And you just turned to me and you were like, we are in the middle of March Madness. How can you say that right now? So you didn't even you didn't even make it through November with your Christmas music trying. You you didn't even make it to the start of baseball season before you're already sick of it. I made those claims, Steve, uh, about how excited I was for baseball season before I was just dropping hundreds of dollars on like every basketball game for <laughs> twelve straight hours for four straight days. Uh, my bank account, just the ups and downs, it looked like a stock market crash and then the, you know, the great recovery. It was it was an amazing up and down weekend. Um, and I got caught up in the moment and I had no time for, for baseball or your your guys' BS women's basketball that you guys are into. And Not me. Not me, Trent. Steve, why don't you, I mean, Mike, why don't you tell us what your, some of your bets from the weekend? Sure I don't know if we want to get that yet. But. I'm sure our listeners really want to hear that. Yeah, I've shut out most of that weekend and... Uh, we do have the um, bachelor party updates coming soon in a theater near you. So stay tuned for that. And I think you'll pretty much get a gist of, of what went down. I, I don't feel the need to divulge or go into it right now because like I said, I just barely got over that weekend and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> well, being ready. Yes. Yes. I think we should, I think we should move on. If we have some, if we have some interesting clips, maybe we'll throw them in the episode. Um, but I think we've gone too far from, uh, you know, once again, we always we always head down a little bit of a rabbit hole at the beginning of the episode. But, uh, boys, it is taper season. Oh, boy, is it ever taper season. It, taper season is, it it doesn't get much better than taper season, like I kind of alluded to. And I was kind of, you know, obviously being a little bit ironic in the intro because um, there's no, it, it, taper season's actually kind of backwards for me this year. I'm realizing, like, oh, crap, I really haven't done enough miles, so I should probably up it for taper season. But generally, it's like taper season. You're bringing it down. Everyone's, like, happy and going slow on the runs, and it's just like taper season feels good. Um, but it got me thinking about this cycle that we're all about to go through, and it's the best cycle in the sport of running. This is why we do the sport of running right here, and it's because it's taper season. Taper season leads right into championship season, and championship season leads right into bender season. Oh, baby. <laughs> and I, it's so hard because all three of them separately are incredible. Um, so I was going to toss to you guys, which of the three is your favorite? Actually, you know what? Just, just rank them for me right now. Taper season, championship season, bender season. Go. I'll go first. Championship season, number one. Bender season, number two. Taper season, number three. Championship oh. season... Uh, yeah, let me defend that real quick. Championship season has to be number one. It's like Christmas Eve right there, almost better than Christmas to get to Bender season right there. Then Bender season is just this this whirlwind of uh, Miller Lite. It's awesome. Taper season is fun too, but you know you're just so nervous and so antsy. Um, yeah, clear clear cut ranking for me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in reverse order. So I think Taper seasons. Taper season is kind of the worst. Because, because taper seasons like, it's nice. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the worst. That that that's wrong. I, I shouldn't say that. But of the three, I think it's the worst because taper season. It's a little depressing because you're looking back at the year. You just had a fun year with your team. Um, you, you, it was warm out when you started running. Now it's freezing cold. It might even be some snow in the forecast. So it's a little bit like it's a little like, hey, where did my summer go? Where did my fall go? It's already the winter. Um, and it's, it's, you got the anticipation building for, for championship season. So it's like, you get that pit in your stomach for like two weeks, just trying to, trying to get to the, get to the big game. Um, uh, I'm going to put, I'm going to put championship season number two, because that's why we do it. We do it for championship season. It's awesome, but nothing beats bender season. You know why? Season is. You know why? Cause you know what championship is the best? The next one, baby. That's right. The next one. That's right. Uh, so quickly, I go taper season number one just because the po the possibilities are endless, right? Like I said, you're bringing down your miles. You've just been training your ass off for like six straight months, and now you're bringing it down. And it's like, all right, 
And in your mind at that moment, it's like, I am the baddest mother trucker who's ever walked the planet. I am about to run the most insane race you've ever seen. I'm feeling good. You're feeling fresh. You're like me right now. I got the freshest legs in New England in taper season. <laughs> that That's what it's all about. Championship season comes around. It's like, all right, the nerves start kicking in. It starts pulling up. Obviously, race day, I mean, that's that's what we do it for, right? We do it for the race. Um, but taper season is like, that's what you live for right there, right? That's why we do everything we do. We do it. We get in great shape so we can get to taper season and just do all that little fine-tuning, get ourselves ready to go. Taper season's number one. Championship season's number two. Bender season's unbelievable. I love bender season. Um, but, I mean, when you're putting it up against two heavyweights like that, it's got to fall number three. Well, I, oh, go ahead. Yes. Try I'll go. Taper season, the problem with taper season is it just is against that, like, work hard, play hard mentality. You're... you're you're training your ass off, which is pretty fun to just have your legs toast at the end of a good workout, um, putting up high mileage, just doing everything you can do. And then you get the taper season, and I feel like you just there's something missing almost. I don't know. Sometimes you get your little mind games like, oh, am I am I cutting it too much? Am I not cutting it? It's no longer like who's outworking each other. It's almost just like who's smarter. And as not a very smart guy, I just don't I don't like. <laughs> I want to have my work hard, That's and it. I want to have my play hard. I don't like that in between. Yeah, and, and and does it count as a taper season if you never really had a training season? Well, that's, that's yeah. that was what I was being ironic about. Uh, tapers, I, I, I think this is just all one continuous just cycle of shit. There's no, there's you know, there's no like a base phase here for our training, our marathon training. There was no like peak time. There was no taper season. Um, it's just been all championship season, honestly. That's what I would say. It's just been a, like four months of championship season. This is actually the worst sport in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if you should you should quit right now. Anybody listening to this who's a runner, just quit. Yeah. If you were doing a real taper, what I do appreciate about the uh, like the peak to early phase, we're all in, we're all washed up. Um, the sad part about taper season when you're in good shape is usually that. Uh, counterintuitively means less Miller lights, right? You're, you're having fun and then it's like, okay, it's serious time. We're cutting back on those. Now the Miller lighting like this almost increases. Uh, we figured it out. We're older, we're smarter and more mature, but during taper yeah. season, you don't have to worry about that cutback. Yeah. It's called experience trend. We've, we've, yeah. uh, seen, uh, we've seen some stuff and all those youngins who are like, you know, you know, going, you know, no alcohol for the whole month of championship. They, those kids don't know anything. They don't you gotta know keep anything. it normal. Yeah, they don't know what's good for them. Um, we've been there. We we've done that, and uh, it's gonna show. It's gonna show at Boston when we run a sick time. A good really point happen. on that, Mike. When uh, for the listeners, when Mike and I were at nationals um, the last year of our careers, we were in Louisville, and there was a basketball game going on that night. Yeah. I think Louisville was playing Ohio State. Was that it? It was yeah, a big was. game going on, and we were staying right there, and so we're like, gotta keep it normal. It was like Wednesday night. Got a few beers, went to the Louisville game. It was great. I um, feel like we finally figured out that that, that no alcohol thing was was dumb. Trent, was, Trent, was that a uh, subtle shot at the fact that I chose Louisville to win the national championship? And they were, they didn't just lose in the first round. They were the very first game of the tournament, and they were the first team to lose in the tournament. My I, national, not great, not great. I have no like. I feel zero uh, uh you know feelings of sadness for your national championship pick mike comes up and has cc pick his games now no <laughs> offense to cc i know she's probably listening to this um but i i don't know how uh, intensely she's following the college basketball games mike was basically picking like favorite colors for the mascots it was just embarrassing to watch yeah mike you, that was, this was this was one of the more pathetic attempts at a bracket i've ever seen it was an experiment that, hey, listen, didn't work out. So you know what your problem was? Is you tried to combine the outrageous picks with a little bit of logic. You went half and half. And that that's that's no man's land. You either gotta go completely in on a completely logical bracket or you gotta go completely in on a on an outrageous bracket. I, I'm just curious at what you think the logic was. Let's play the tapes back and say that you let you let your fiance pick half of them based on color and mascot, no, 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 and then no. you went through and picked the other ones. No, no, no. That's not what happened. She picked uh, okay. every single one of them. All right. 
I think that's my beef, though. If she picked every single one of them, she was in the pool, not you. Get your name off the list. I don't want to watch basketball with you. I wish Cece was there to watch it. Those were her picks. <laughs> no, no, you guys are you guys are engaged now. Your her picks are your picks, and your picks are her picks. That's yeah. that's how it goes from now on. Same as yeah. your bank account. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm stuck with is just terrible freaking picks for the rest of my life. Oh, no. no just edit kidding, that out. Sis. Edit that out. Oh, no. That that's out. making the podcast. <laughs> She's um, downstairs, too. She can hear me. How are you guys feeling for the marathon? Do we get a we get a little check-in? I know, Trent, you said you're a little, you're a little banged up. Yeah, I've tapered real hard. Um, I haven't run. Actually, no. I ran five minutes in the treadmill today because I hadn't run uh, at all in about two weeks now. Oh, boy. Um, a little bang up, a little calf strain, I think, based on my self-diagnosis. Um, I did that calculation, right, where it was about January 1st and I started running. I was like, I think I can get through three and a half months of training uh, without doing any injury prevention stuff. Um, and I did bad math. It's only about two and a half months before the, uh, the injury kicked in. But I don't know, just trying to cross train, you know, hitting that hotel gym. If you guys want to talk uh, how fun hitting the hotel gym is and getting on the bike every day, uh, we can have a good discussion on that. But uh, we'll be fine. I'll still kick your guys' asses, and that's really all that matters. I've seen a lot of hotel gyms in my life. It's the first thing I do when I get to a hotel is I grade the gym. How? Give me, give me on a scale of one to ten. How's your hotel gym looking? So, the gym was the gym was fine itself, but I'm over there looking at the exercise bike. Um, really, the only thing that I can do, you know, pain free at this point. And it was a tease. There's a couple issues I had. The first was I had a window view, which is okay. But I had, I'm facing the window, and like two machines over, there was a television with ESPN on. So I could only like crank my head far to the left and see the very corner of it. It was just this brutally tantalizing. There was Lipscomb, Texas. If I had been in front of that thing, I could have been betting Lipscomb today, all the <laughs> basketball and the NIT. It would have been great. Um, so I really didn't like the placement of the bicycles, but the gym was okay. That's the only way to get through treadmill season is to post up in front of a TV and uh and place a couple bets yeah agreed my favorite is baseball for treadmill running i don't know what you guys prefer but baseball is a slow enough pace and the other thing about it is i always cover the time on the treadmill you got it you got to get a towel you have to have a t-shirt you cannot have that clock sticking in your face no, no, no. i disagree oh my god no, no you I, cover that I, and you watch I, yeah baseball. i cover the time because no you know no, no 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 you oh. know what it that that's for the weak-minded all right. Uh, that time, that time is going to be staring me at the face. I in the face. I know how far I need to go. I know how long I need to go. And I'm mentally tough enough to get there. If you put the towel towel over over your time on the treadmill, you're weak minded. Well, you, maybe. But I also am uh, actually getting a run done because if that time staring me in the face, that run is over in like eight minutes. It's hey, done. Mike, it's over. There was a there was a once a, a great athlete um, by the name of Rashid Wallace. And he had a famous saying, ball don't lie. And just like the ball not lying, when it comes to running, the clock doesn't lie. doesn't matter if you cover it up or if it's staring you in the face. It's going to be the same amount of time. Let me explain to you why baseball is the best, though, because that's an idiotic statement. Um, <laughs> baseball, you don't have the clock staring at you. But what you do have is the general idea of each half inning being about like 10 minutes, then some commercials and happening. So you know, like every inning, you're looking at a 20 to 25 minutes. It's the best. You can check after two innings to see where you're at, get a landmark. If you're staring at the clock, you're just a psychopath. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so, Trent, to your point about, uh, you know, putting a little bit of money down while you're running on the treadmill, it was a couple weeks ago, and I was betting on a college basketball game while I was on a run. And it was like, I, I was at the gym a little bit later at night, and I just happened to be like, I was on a treadmill and some lady came and ran right next to me. We were like the only two people on the treadmill. She was right next to me. It's an older lady. And uh, it was coming down to the end of the game and like randomly without even realizing it, I was like pumping my fist and like, like yes, yes. And this lady just like out of the corner of my eye, uh, corner of eye is just like staring at me. And I'm like, oh, shoot, like I, I, I'm in a gym and I'm next to this lady. And she has no idea what's going on. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like not even paying attention to my run, watching the basketball game, acting like an absolute maniac. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. <laughs> the people next to you are really what make the, the hotel gym and the public gym experience. Oh, that's what it's about. Uh, I am at a conference right now with like 600 people that are, are there for it. And I know probably about 
50 of them that I met through my work. And the first time I got on the treadmill, there was this, uh, this woman next to me. I'm on the bike, I should say. And the worst thing when you get in there and you kind of know the person next to you, but not that well. And then you're just like pedaling your, your butt off. And you don't like, do you say hi to the person on the treadmill? Do you not? I don't know. I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm sweating everywhere. I'm a pig. I'm trying to like stay busy. I'm like making boxing, punching fists in the midair. <laughs> Uh, so that's my like least favorite is that person. It's like peeing next to somebody in the stall, like pee next to your boss. It's the, or the <laughs> urinal. Uh, it's like the worst. Do you say hi to the person on the urinal? Do you not? Do you say you hi to the person, their headphones on? Do you not? No, you find a tile right in front of your eyes and you just stare deep, deep into that one tile. Deep so, into that one tile. Yeah. I have, I have a, a little bit of a sweating problem. Uh, a little bit. Everybody, you are the most. You are the most disgusting sweater in the history of the planet. Yeah, and and, and you know, a lot of people say that, and they might be exaggerating a little bit. No, I am no. an all-time no. sweater. I'm like a top point oh 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 one percent sweater in the world. It is. It's disgusting. It's an actual problem. It's so disgusting. when I go to the when I go to the into the hotel gym into a confined space with other people, and I know I'm gonna be working out, and I'm gonna be sweating. It's like I cannot make eye contact. I cannot I cannot have any type of relationship with these people whatsoever <laughs> because they're going to be so unbelievably grossed out by me that I know that I just need to – it's like going to the urinal. I need to go in there, get on the treadmill, stare at the wall, wipe up as much as I can, and then get out of there before you know somebody calls like you know, a hazmat team or something like that. <laughs> That's right. why I have that problem. But. <laughs> hey, Steve, I got a quick story to tell for you. But first, a quick ad for Miller Lite. Oh, nice. Oh, God, that's good. All right. <laughs> so it was like uh, sometime last week, and I'm out in a run, and it was like, you know, it, the heat, the temperature starting to, like, play games with us a little bit, and you get some, like, a little bit warmer days. But this was, like, the ver- like first, like, legitimate, like, all right, spring is here day. Um so I throw on the running shorts right now. I'm, this is I'm not talking like split short, like low running shorts. I put on like, you know, regular length running shorts and uh, I get out for a run and it's a beautiful day. I'm feeling good. I'm wearing T-shirt and shorts. It's like, oh, man, this is this feels great. And so I'm going on my run and running down like a main street and this um, car with clearly, you know, like high school age kids is driving by and I get the you know, any runner who's been doing this for a while, knows the drill. You get the kid hanging out the window, and, you know, sometimes it's run, Forrest, run, and blah, 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 whatever. whatever. This guy, the, the the kid decided to go with a uh, a nice, uh, nice shorts, queer. and uh, <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, so it was great. It was great. <laughs> so I wasn't in love with my the way I handled it. I wish I handled it a little bit differently, and I can explain later. But the way I dealt with it is I just kind of threw my arm up in the air and gave one of those, oh, good one. You know what I mean? Like, a, oh, r- good one, buddy. Uh, and that's kind of how I dealt with it. And that was it. Um, but it got me thinking. And knowing the two of you and running with the two of you at times, I've seen you deal with these situations. Um, so I was hoping to get a little bit insight into, A, how you would have dealt with that particular situation and, B, uh, the most, um, I don't know if dramatic is the right word, but... The most intense one of those situations has gotten on a run for you, uh, Steve. I see you rearing to go over there. Why don't you? Why don't you share? So I have a story for you guys. Um, first off, if you say "run, Forest, run," you you're the mo- the least original person in the world. And every single time, I just yell, "Never heard that one before, idiot!" So that is that's that's the that's by far the worst thing to say. So. This is the mo- one of the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I couldn't believe what I saw. So I was on a run with a coworker one time of all people. And I had just met this guy. I had just started working for this company. We were out for a run. And somebody yelled at us. They, you know, chirped us while we were running. And they dropped a hard F. You know, not, not, mm-hmm. not the F-bomb, but a hard, hard yeah, F at sorry. us. And the guy hit a red light not too okay. far up in front of us. The kid I was running with, who I then found out was one of the biggest psychopaths I've ever met in my life, ran up and friggin' kicked the guy's rear rearview mirror off. Good. I I couldn't believe what I saw. And I just like 
I just was like so unbelievably stunned. I hardly knew this guy. And I we just turned the corner and sprinted away. And I was just so scared of this guy the rest of the run. That is an impressive kick. So he just went up and just just kicked the side view mirror and it fell right off. Yeah. So like the the <laughs> entire mirror didn't come off, but he kicked it so like the the mirror, like the mirror on the inside of the casing, like popped out. So he like kicked yeah. it and like it like kind of broke and came out. So he probably broke like the mechanism on the inside of the casing, but mm-hmm. the the mirror actually came out and broke. And I was just like, "You are a psychopath." Fantastic. Um, my favorite part about that, Stephen, say there's two types of situations here uh, when you're dealing with these people yelling at you. The first is as Steve mentioned, when there's red lights, there's stop signs, there's traffic where you're going to be able to catch them. That's always what you want. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Second. Oh, second yeah situation is when they're just going by you on a main road and you got no chance they're they're gone um in those this is a skill i wish i was better at is being like prepared i would say when someone gives the nice shorts and then some sort of uh, a slur which is probably the most popular thing i hear blow them a kiss you know i like to play into oh, it yes pull up my shorts real high <laughs> you know show a little uh, uh thigh there show a little bum if if i can uh that's probably my favorite so, so Trent, my fit, I, I was I was gonna get into it, but that is how I I said I was gonna tell you how I wish I reacted. That is yeah. how I wish I reacted. I wish I just got a, like a good eye contact with the guy and just like got, got a good look in the eye and just gave him some like real provocative like blow like blow him a kiss like yeah. Uh, that that's how I wish I had a lot of situation. It it just it, the situation got away from me too close. Like there was quickly. one situation that happened to me where it's probably like the proudest I've ever been in any interaction. You know, you always have that George Costanza moment where it's like, ah, should have said the jerk store. But there was one moment in my life, it was on a run, and it was these two guys riding with these two girls, and they hit some, they yelled something at me, they hit some traffic, and they thought they were being tough yelling at me. And I just, I had a couple seconds to think about it because they were up ahead of me and they stopped. And as I was running by, the wind, it was a hot day, the windows were down, and I just said, hey, buddy, why don't you join me? Looks like you, you lose a couple pounds, fatty. <laughs> and, and the girls were like, oh, my God, he got you. He got you. That was they one they of never the expect the response. It's no, no, no. My, uh, my favorite story with this, and it was Steve Polito. Oh, my God. Listeners that know my, our, our Stonehill teammate, Steve Polito, ridiculous person. But these idiots run by they they i think they threw like pennies at us like a handful of loose change thrown at us and about two minutes after like we think they're gone we see them pulling in like they just pulled into this strip mall parking lot so we immediately run in there um because somehow they thought they were getting away from us and we go in there and they see us coming so the kid floors it like to try and pull out of the parking spot <laughs> he thinks he's in reverse he goes forward and slams the car in front of him so, <laughs> so we see a car accident and then he gets in reverse and like floors it out of there um so i don't know which car got it worse i hope it was his car if it was the other person's i'd feel a little uh, bad about the story because there was a clear dent on the other person's car so he no. like, <laughs> caused an accident but the fact that this kid crashed in another car, and what we're going to do, you're just going to go, I'm not going to jump the kid. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> so there's yeah, one chirp that makes me laugh every single time. I don't know if you really consider it a chirp, but every single time, I'm just like, well done, my friend. That was great. Mike, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. Okay. It's So it's when you have somebody, you have like a group of people driving down the street and they like give you the toot toot and you go to wave oh, and everybody's yeah. waving in the opposite direction. That's the best. If somebody <laughs> is- does like it, it kind of like ruins your run for like a couple of minutes when you get chirped. But if somebody does that to you, I'm just like, well done, my friend. That was yeah, great. That, that energizes you almost. It's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to, to anyone that does anything clever, original, even if it's mean, yeah. if it's clever, it's original. I'm, I'm all for that. I, I can respect the hell out of that because the number of times I've gotten run force run and, you know, nice shorts, whatever is like you get that, you know, almost once a run at this point. But if you can do something clever and original, like you said, then, yeah, you got to respect that to a certain level. Yeah, you got to respect the creativity. So I guess the moral of the story here is. We're not against runner chirps. 
But no. make them original, make them clever, get us to laugh. But if it's the same old stuff, it's the run for us, run. You're the, you're the worst. Yeah. Nope. It's like any sports chirps. I love the guy in the front row. I, tr- I tried to be that guy yelling at the basketball <laughs> players. That's like has the prepared material, um, yelling at the soccer goalie, all these crazy things. If you can be original and not super, super mean, sometimes I've probably got a little too mean. But if you can like keep it, keep it you know, PG-13 and not R, or just like R, not X maybe, um, those, are, those are great. I support that. So, Steve, just so you can get a little context of what Trent's alluding to here, we used to go to Stonehill basketball games, which is like you're basically in like a high school gymnasium. Like there's nobody there except for the parents. None of the students go. And Trent would uh, do all kinds of research on the opposing players, girlfriends, their mother's name. Oh, no. And he, w- he would print out cheat sheets and hand them out to the big group of us <laughs> that would go. And uh, there was a couple times where – we were pretty close to getting our ass beat by some giant basketball <laughs> players. It, it got pretty testy. <laughs> I had people during the game. I remember the UMass Lowell game vividly. <laughs> the UMass Lowell players <laughs> turning to me as they're in down the ball and telling me to find them after the game. That this crew was going to beat my ass. Uh, and the other consequence of that was that I personally had to apologize to the athletic director on behalf of, like, student athletes behaving poorly at Stonehill basketball. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to go a little bit more in depth on this one, Trent. So we were just shouting all sorts of things, um, shouting. Really, I didn't think anything that bad, but like Mike said, a lot of Facebook, a lot of, like, sisters and girlfriends. Very personal stuff. But not mean. You know, I wasn't saying, like, I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, whatever with your girlfriend. Um, it was just more like saying her name, like don't think about her right now, kind of things. Um, <laughs> just proving that getting... we, just proving we did our research. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, but I, the fact that Mike mentioned that there was so few people at the Stonehill games, it wasn't like I'm in a crowd. Uh, the assistant AD like called me out specifically and was like, "What are you doing?" and told my coach. And then the coach was like pissed at me, and so I had to go in to the uh, the office and like apologize. But that was pathetic that they could like point me out of the crowd uh, for the stuff we were saying. It really wasn't that bad, I swear. It was just very personal. That's so a good what, point. What did your coach have to say to you? She she was. I mean, I think her main problem was that she just assumed I was very drunk for it, which sometimes I was, sometimes I wasn't. <laughs> Always very drunk. Um, so she was just like, You're being a junkie hole at these games. That's my coach in person. <laughs> that sounds just like it. That sounds uh, just like it. <laughs> you better go in there and apologize. <laughs> I will. You make the whole track program look bad with shenanigans like that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that that's an amazing story. I, I can't believe that. Trent, you would do that. that that's awesome. <laughs> And he dragged me right into it with his shenanigans. Brought you down to his level. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. My favorite chirp, just and then we'll let it go. There was a kid on UMass Lowell. His name was (laughs) H-E-M-A-N. I think it was Heman. And we were just (laughs) (laughs) just make these strong jokes about him. Or we'd pick on a player on the bench that was like not playing at all and we just keep shouting his name and like pick on him. Oh man. That's good stuff. Um one thing I wanted to talk about, did you guys happen to uh, happen to see that um, the LSU versus Houston 4 by one and how it got a little heated there? I did. I did it. That was – we need so much more of that in the sport of track because that was so much raw emotion. It was uh, – for anybody who hasn't seen the clip, um, we'll post it on our – at SAV running so you can see it right after this on Twitter – um, but basically, this four by one's coming down the home stretch, and the LSU guy just leans him out and is just in this guy's face, screaming in the Houston guy's face. Just electric moment. Um, that kind of raw emotion and that kind of energy in the sport of track, we need more of that. We need more of that. So I have, I have a little bit of an opinion on this one. I bet you do. You seem to have opinions on things. So. I really, really wanted to like this. I really Ooh. wanted to like it. Oh, no. There's a big butt coming. Let me explain. Yeah, I'm not. Ooh. Let me explain. This seemed a little forced and fake to me. 
And I think the biggest problem I have with this, it was in a relay. Like if it's mano y mano, then I can, I'm like, I okay. want people to get up in each other's faces. But I was just like, dude, you're carrying a baton. Like this wasn't all you. Like I, you can't get up in this guy's face in a relay. And, you know, I, I think it's a very popular sentiment right now. Like, you know, you look at um, flow track and other other places like that where it's like there everybody agrees like we need more of this we need more of this and yeah I, I I agree to an extent like I want people to get fired up like I want personalities on the track but this one just I don't know man I I've watched it a bunch of times and it just seems like it's a little too forced it's a little too out of place like I, I don't know I'm not so, I'm not a huge fan of it so. I disagree with you that it was forced. I do think it was raw emotion, and uh, I think it's hard to... If you watch, I think it's hard to fake that. But you did bring up a point that I hadn't thought about, the fact that it was a relay. That guy didn't take him down one-on-one, which does change my take a little bit. Um, I think that's a a great point. Um, But I, I still do think the guy was feeling that emotion i think the passion that he was bringing into you know getting that guy's face was was true but maybe not as warranted based on what you were saying and i i I, yeah and i want i I want emotion at the finish line you know what i mean but like i almost want and the best thing i can compare this to is like i would love it if somebody crossed the finish line and they did like conor mcgregor-esque celebrations you know what i mean like pumping up the crowd like like it's a little problematic you know? well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like what are you gonna do like you're up in the guy's face like pounding his chest like what are you gonna do you're gonna like fight him and yeah. then he like ran away from him it's like yeah. all right if you're gonna do that get in his face but you can't get up in his face and then run away like i don't know you know what i really need though like that's all like it was cool and we're starting to see a little bit more of that we we need that in distance racing though mm. that's yeah. That doesn't happen in distance racing. You'll never ever see. You'll see two guys finish in a mile or a five k, and you know they go and shake each other's hands and hug, and it's like, uh, okay, whatever. It's like, yeah, I need, I need, we need somebody who's just gonna come in there, dominate somebody in a distance race, and rub it right in your face as soon as you cross the line. That's what I need in my life. And the other thing is, is you have in a distance race, you'd have some time for something like some drama to unfold. Yeah, absolutely. You know like if there's some push and shove it, like a hundred meters, like a four by one, like, okay. Like, you know, did somebody like absolutely put like a toe in your lane or something? Like there's nothing that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. if you have a 5k or a mile, um, it can get a little chippy and I'd love to see a little bit out there. Um, I actually have a, I have a story about a, a post collegiate race where I kind of got into it. Um, I'm just remembering it now, but I was running a race. It was at, um, at BU and, this uh it was i was running the mile and so like right as we went into lap three of the mile this kid tried to swim move me on the inside so he tried to pass me on the inside so he tried to like i i guess it's legal i don't know but i didn't i never i didn't think you could pass the inside so he like round round upon yeah he clubs me and he does a swim move over me to go go (laughs) past me on the inside and as he's doing the swim move over me I grab his his armpit and I friggin threw him as far as I could into the infield, and oh. and we kept <laughs> running. And um, it comes down in our heat. Um, it comes down to um, him and I, you know, out in front of the pack, and we're going down the 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 back stretch, taking the last turn into the straightaway. And the entire time he's kicking my heel, trying to trip me, and he passes me going into the turn and I passed him down the straightaway to beat him in my heat, which was one of like the greatest moments of my life. And I didn't even say anything because I didn't need to say anything to him. And he comes up to me, puts out his hand to try and shake my hand. I told him to fuck off. Yeah, you should have. See, that's, that, that, that's how you react at the finish line. What am I going to, I don't need to do anything. I just beat him. The best thing I can do is not say anything to him. So that, that reminds me of good gun. I won't get too deep into the story because there's a lot that goes into it. But when I was in high school, we had a we were racing one of our rival teams. It was a cross country race. We go out, and there's a lot of like jaw and elbow and stuff like that right at the beginning. And one of those kids, uh, after like taking an elbow, and everyone was throwing bows, right? It was a congested race. Turns right to one of our guys, 
and uh, drops a hard end bomb at him, just like dis- a disgusting end bomb at him. And I, the reaction for my team was insane because he was literally had like six of us just like right around us, and for maybe a mile and a half to two miles, this dude just got wailed on. There was like. <laughs> elbows like punches to the back this dude was getting like tripped up like literally it was like it became a point for our team just to beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> for like a, a mile and a half and then everyone took off and we won the meet by like a million but it was just like that was that was my first introduction to being like hey listen say what you want to say about cross country and track but it can get physical out there because there's a yeah. lot of times where people don't see what's going on People don't see what happens in the woods and when there's nobody watching. And uh, that dude got his ass beat pretty bad. It was it was a uh, it was pretty ridiculous. Would love to get like a mic'd up on some of these miles, oh some of these cross country things in the woods. And then you know maybe you're not watching it. You can do mic'd up live, but you know the NFL mic'd up where they just put the highlights in and make a 30 minute thing of it. Yeah. Mic'd up mile, just like a the one minute version <laughs> of be some because that's intense, man. There's like yeah. you're saying, there's being bows thrown everywhere. So if if we can if we can get if we see any chippiness in the in the outdoor, that's going to be the next person we sponsor. That's going to be the next P two E sponsor. Yeah. Right now Love we it. got more we got Morgan McDonald on the team. Is any eight hundred milers five k ten k guys that want to get a little chippy out there on the track? You're on our team. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. I think we're coming to the end here. Anything you wanna you wanna leave the listeners with? Yeah, so I got a couple things. Um, one, I'm gonna drop this podcast 24 hours, uh, uh, literally one day after this podcast drops. Uh, look forward to the bachelor party update episode. I'm gonna drop it as a bonus, 15 oh, to 15 to 20 minute episode. Um, it is. I've already done a little bit of editing. It is. It it gets weird. Okay, so. <laughs> Just just be ready for it. Um, so that's going to come one day after you hear this. Get ready for the next one. Um, and then the only thing, other thing I got is we got the Boston Marathon coming up soon. Um, so the next episode is going to be huge. Uh, we're going to have to drop down predictions. We're going to get some lines going. It's going to get wild. Um, I think the next episode is going to be a massive episode for P2E. Um, because it's really setting the stage for our biggest event yet. So I'm looking forward to that. How about you, Trent? What do you got? Uh, because the bachelor party updates are coming out, I just want to tell you, you know, mom, <laughs> uh, girlfriend, Megan, um, please don't <laughs> look too down on me. I, uh, I may have hit some lows, but I, uh, I think I walked away with some of my dignity. Um, but I just, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here with you guys. Like I said, I'm in Milwaukee. I need to get out there. I need some Miller Lights right now. I want to just walk by and just kiss the ground in front of the the brewery, <laughs> um, and and take it all in. So I'm excited to hang up right now. That's that's hallowed ground right there, Trent. It is. Um, for me, we got we got the Irish Clover Dudley's Irish Clover five miler this Sunday. Be there. I have a whole new respect for race directors because trust me. <laughs> This shit is not easy. This is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. That being said, everything that could have possibly gone wrong has gone wrong for me. Maybe one day I'll write a book about this shit. But please come out. We're supporting the Wool High Cross Country team with a donation. Mike, hit me with the Josie. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. I was making dinner night, and Cece came downstairs, and I had the Red Sox came on, and she turned to me like dead serious, and she's like, so, like, growing up, like, did you, like, watch the Red Sox, like, every night, or was it, like, it was just like, you know, like, some nights, right, and I was just like, 
what? She's like, well, you just like have watched every single game so far. That's not like you you don't usually just like watch every single baseball game, right? And I was like, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. So you and your family every night would just sit down and watch the Red Sox game? I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why do you think I built a beer, a bar? Because yeah, I know. you didn't want to watch every single game with me. Oh, oh, look at you, huh? I'm used to seeing you in like a bucket hat and sweatpants. Is that a fucking pocket square? <laughs> you better believe it's pocket square. I fucked up the time zones. And so I thought we, I had to be ready at 845 Milwaukee time. So uh, I was walking to like this. I was walking to dinner. And then Steve was like, setting up now. You have mono? It's too many dudes. Yeah, too many dudes. <sighs> yeah, why do you think I'm here and not in, uh, at William & Mary? Oh, I didn't know what was going on this weekend. Oh, William & Mary, the site of the 4x1 School record! Oh, oh I, th- uh, I, I don't think you guys have that anymore. I don't care. We were the original school record holders. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going after. Uh, they're running the four by. They're part of the four by fifteen school record holders. In the history of Stonehill, we're the best four by fifteen hundred meter runners ever. I mean, no. We're kind of like we're kind of like uh, Roger Bannister. Is he the guy that broke four for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like obviously with performance enhancing drugs and better equipment and better training rooms and all this stuff. People eventually will run faster, um, but you have to think about you have to compare them to their peers, and you have to think about the trailblazing nature of it. That, that's a good point, Trent. You got to you got to have the um, the Spoko uh, um, Spoko conversion. Yeah, the Spoko Nobody conversion. Cares about your slow stone hill four by mile. We used to have used to have that crappy ass Spoko where we shared a locker room with every oh, other RC. Now you guys got big lockers. You got these sick shower. You guys got like a, a, a trainer. You got like a million trainers. We had one trainer. What was her name? Gwen? Oh, uh, don't don't forget Gwen's name. She was yeah. lovely. But she left by the time we were running there. It was a new trainer at that point. Yeah, we had one trainer who like did every single sports team. So, she was a football trainer. How can you have a football trainer also doing the cross country yeah. team? So we get forever, <laughs> for the ever till the end of the time, we get the Spoko conversion. Whatever you guys run, we ran faster because of the Spoko conversion. Hey, I don't care about whenever any of you guys complain about not having the Spoko or anything. You guys chose to go to Stonehill knowing that they did not have a very good facility before that. Whoa, whoa. Okay, Stonehill wasn't good enough for you? No, Stonehill was perfect. That's oh, like no. saying it's like oh. saying a caveman uh, uh, should be uh, penalized. They they knew they didn't have electricity at that time. Like we didn't know anything different. These are different times, Chris. These were better times. Chris, I chose my coaches. I chose my teammates. Are you saying that you chose it? On I chose D two.